feel like the way that they've responded to everything and the way that they're kind of holding on and they're still very bitter about what Lincoln Riley has done, I think kind of speaks to how they feel about the hire too, because Brent Venables is a great defensive coordinator and he has been for a very long time. I have absolutely no questions that he's going to come in and that defense is going to be good. It is going to be well coached. It's going to be aggressive. It's going to be all that fun stuff. But he's never been at the head of the table. He's never been in charge of the program. And I just don't know how that's going to go. So I think that this has he has a chance to be, you know, one of those three stars that becomes an NFL all pro player that everybody see the graphics like nobody believed in this guy out of high school. They only gave him, you know, made him one of the top 10 percent players in the world. But like, I just think that there's also a chance that this is kind of like a rebound more than anything. Like, okay, well, we got to get the guy we know won't leave us. We got to get the guy we know is loyal to us. The next to strike, right? Oh, yeah. Knew it was coming from somewhere today. Yeah. Cover 3 podcast is just the uh, the newest one to enter the fray. You're about two months late, guys, by the way. What have you been doing? Long holiday or what? I asked Tom Fornelli to come on the show today. Did you really, or are you kidding? I really did. What did he say? I have not heard back. <laughs> hey, that's not fair. Yeah, it is fair. He's maybe a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, a busy guy throwing out crap hot takes, maybe. Now, hang on a second. It is worth exploring for a moment. That's about all it's, it's worth exploring. Well, you got to think about it, man, from an outside perspective. You've got... Um, a big time program. No one disputes that. And a big time coach, which Lincoln Riley was, and no one would have disputed that before he left. Okay. He does bolt, throws the place into chaos. And Venables is really the, the guy that I zeroed in on, I know there was probably other names that came up and I don't know if Josie has said or would ever say like who they actually like what their top three was or who they were really, really serious about, but seems like they focused in on him right away. Right. And I mean, there is some truth. I think at the same time as you could say, it's a great hire. You're getting a rock star. You could also say, because of the history at Oklahoma, that it could be viewed as a safe hire. I mean, I guess, but the only reasoning that everyone's using is he's a he's never led a program before. He's never been a first-time head coach. Look, and I'm not – like if you want to present me a case as to why this won't go as awesome as we all think it is around here, that's fine. Like, I'll listen right. to that. But you got to do better than just, well – He's never been a head coach before. Like I said earlier, Bob Stoops had never been a head coach before. Barry Switzer had never been a head coach before. Bud Wilkins had never been a head coach before. Hell, Muleshoe had never been a head coach before. That's four guys in program history that had never been a head coach before. And, you know, three of those won national championships. And the the other one, you know, we, we know what he did around here. So I just, it's, it, it's just... I think you're using bad points to try to make your your case for it. If you well, want to say, 
well, maybe this doesn't go all that great because maybe he can't recruit to the level that you need to to win in the SEC. Well, that's a whole lot better of a point than just saying, well, he's never been a head coach before. To me, that's that's really lazy. Well, and I'll also argue that the not being able to recruit good enough for the SEC, I would argue that that point sucks too. Well, last year's <laughs> this last recruiting class would tell you that that it sucks. Well, I, I think everyone has been boosted by going to the Southeastern Conference. Um, we've seen that, and I think Oklahoma, the same thing's going to happen. Now, for the never been a head coach before thing, that is, it's it's almost not even worth talking about but I guess we have to because a bunch of people continue to go to it he's been a football coach he's been a defensive coordinator for 22 years 99 was his first year as a co-DC right yeah yeah he's been a defensive coordinator in division one big boy football for 22 years right he's he's seen the game transform multiple times on the field and off the field, and he's maintained his status at the top the entire time. He's. It's not like you're asking my mother to be a pilot of a rocket going to the moon, <laughs> that she's never been a pilot before. She could pull it off, by the way. Right? She's awesome. He's been in the depths of football for 25 years Quite frankly, he played it too, understands it at, at every single level, has been in multiple conferences, played in uh, played in bowl games, played in playoff games, played in BCS national championships, played in college football playoff national championships. He's got every bit of experience you could ever ask for. Coached individual players to high draft picks and great honors. Uh, it's and the, and the three coaches he worked under, I think all three of those have the most wins in program history as coaches. Yeah. So throw that in there, too. One of them um, oversaw probably, maybe not even probably, the greatest turnaround of a football program in college football history. The other one uh, won a national championship in his second year, and... The third, I don't know what year he won a national championship, but he took a meandering program, middle-of-the-road program, to what people all of a sudden consider possibly a blue blood. Yeah, It's absurd. To say that he's never been a head coach before is – it's really just a coward's way and that, out. And that's why I'm like so annoyed today. Is like That's the point that keeps being brought up. And hey, and it's not like if you say that with any guy out there that I'll just throw it right back in your face. I think that at times that is a, you know, it's a cause for concern. I think Dan Lanning, who was, what, a GA not too long ago, that's a concern for me for Dan Lanning at Oregon. He's a young guy that's never been fully in charge of a program before. But that's a pretty crap take for Brent Venables. That was why he's not going to succeed. Did Tom just text you back or what? No, but I opened up my Twitter and went to my notifications and uh, here's someone that says, to Tom Fornelli, quote tweeted one of his uh, tweets and said, go on. Ted Lehman's radio show, like he asked you to, don't be a coward. Nice. <laughs> what is that Twitter handle so I can give them a follow, please? Uh, <laughs> at 
Maverick 2280. Okay. Thank uh, you, Maverick. Well, here's one of the things that I saw that was interesting in Tom Fornelli's, like, because he talked about everyone, you know, kind of jumping all over him all of a sudden, and, and people start chiming in. And he says that Oklahoma is five and five against the SEC over the last, I think, five years, he said, or, or however many years. And it's interesting, right? If that's supposed to be a slam at Oklahoma, well, number one, it's against Alabama, Georgia, LSU, LSU. Um, uh, would does this go all the way Auburn. back to Florida in 08? I don't. I, it may go back to Florida in 08. Auburn? No, he said five years. Oh, okay, in the past five years. I thought he was saying they're five at five and five in their last ten, but okay. Uh, I don't know who the other one would be. But anyways, the point is, uh, if Oklahoma being 5-5 five and five against the SEC is supposed to be a slam... Did you say Florida from last year? Did you say that one? Florida, I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, if that's directed as a slam at Oklahoma, guess what? The SEC's 5-5 five and five against Oklahoma over the last five years. Right. Like, that goes both ways. And everyone that they've played, they've played at the... They've played them for a reason, either in a playoff or in a big-time bowl game, right? So it's not like they're playing bottom dwellers of of the SEC. What, every every SEC team they've lost to has played in a national championship game. LSU's one of the best teams I've ever seen with my own two eyes before. Uh, Bama, play, I mean, yeah, they're all like... They're all some of the best teams that that program's ever had. You can't yeah. use that point. It was the best team that LSU's ever had. It was maybe the second best team that Georgia's ever had. Like you're right. you're grading on a pretty harsh curve there if you're going to hold that against OU. Right. I mean, come on. Right. And there. there's a reason it's only five years too, because if you start going back, oh, sure, a little bit longer than that, the tide begins to turn. And, and look, I, I'm very happy and I'm so excited and I, I'm all ready for OU to go to the SEC, but it is such a Colts that even the national media members are a part of it, and there's just this thought that there's no way an outsider can come in the SEC and be competitive. And I can't wait to see the look on their faces when OU goes to that conference and they're still a pretty dang good football program. Right. They're going to be shocked. It's going to shake everyone up if OU goes in there and, and wins at a relatively high level. Right. Well, you know, a lot of things are true. I think it's true that the SEC is going to be a way more difficult challenge than the Big 12 has been. No doubt. Okay? I agree with that. But I also agree that Oklahoma, once they're in the SEC, is going to reap the benefits of being in that conference, just like Texas A&M has. You know, I, Texas A&M is recruiting way better than they did previously because of that link to the SEC. It's not because of any amount of winning that they've done. <laughs> they, uh, they would never have the number one class in all of college no. football in the Big 12. The NIL money has helped, but still. And like Parker and I were saying, Missouri, and I know it was a bad SEC East, okay, but Missouri, of all programs, went into the SEC and played in the SEC championship game its first two seasons in the league. 
It has happened before. It can't happen again. Uh, before we get to Bob Stoops, though, here's what I here's the main thing that I had an issue with, other than he can't be good because he's a first-time head coach. This is highly, highly, highly inaccurate. I feel like the way that they've responded to everything and the way that they're kind of holding on and they're still very bitter about what Lincoln Riley has done, I think kind of speaks to how they feel about the hire, too, because Brent Venables is a great defensive coordinator, and he has been for a very long time. I have absolutely no questions that he's going to come in. And that de- You get the point right there. Sure. Basically saying that, well, OU fans are still so jaded, they're just hiding their insecurities of this hire. It's, that's no. honestly the worst take. Uh, we could spend 15 minutes on that. There's no, there's no point in it. Because everyone else out there is laughing at that, just like we are. No, that's that's well, not it, dude. There's actually a bunch of people out there that probably believe that, and there's not there's zero OU fans that believe that, but they're probably like their audience is not OU, right? It's they have a different audience for their for their podcast. I guess it's more general college football, right? So probably have listeners from from everywhere else, and that's probably a fairly common thought out there. It's wildly inaccurate. And at the end of the day, I think it, it this it's just yet another one of those things that I think is um, only going to help Oklahoma be able to, you know, if people are honestly believing that and they get undervalued, well, they're going to shock a lot of people next year. Yep. My opinion. That's, it'll, right. be, it'll be fun. Quick timeout. Coach Stoops joins us next. Stay with us. Right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans. The world is full of anchors. Meant to keep you in place. But the good news is that it's also full of things that remind you not to let them. So every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Golf fans, have you heard the news? The Gimme Zone, the ref's newest radio show, is coming your way on Saturdays from 10 to noon, featuring PGA Tour players, top college athletes, the latest in the high school golf scene, and, of course, great golf talk. It's the only golf show broadcasted across the entire state of Oklahoma. There's no laying up from us, and it's not your ordinary golf show. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! Tune in on Saturdays from 10 to noon for the Gimme Zone on the ref. Holy hail damage! Are you or your loved ones looking for a trustworthy and affordable roofing company after the storms? Look no further than Elite Roofing Systems, a sooner-born, sooner-bred, locally-owned roofing company. Elite Roofing has been helping homeowners and commercial property owners across the greater OKC area get beautiful, functional roofing systems at reasonable rates. Call Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing Systems today at 405-361-3094 for a free evaluation and estimate today. When we look back, let's be proud of what we've become. Stronger and wiser, more caring and patient, more prepared and more resilient than ever before. At First United Bank, we're here to help make sure that when we look back, we'll see that we not only survived, but that we're ready to thrive. And that's something we can all look forward to.
McComas here, and if you're like me and you love to bowl, Sooner Bowling Center has made it even easier for you and your family to bowl. Visit SoonerBowl.com and skip the line to make online reservations. You can reserve your lanes, book a group party, or birthday party all by just visiting them online. With great food from the Spare Time Grill, bowling, and the newest patio in town, Sooner Bowling Center is great for the entire family. 550 24th Avenue Northwest or visit SoonerBowl.com. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. Being from Oklahoma, I know a thing or two about... It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver Studios, and we absolutely love Tuesdays at 320 because we get to talk to our favorite guests, Coach Bob Stoops, brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Bob, uh, sorry, you caught us in a little bit of a weird mood today. We're both a little bit uh, agitated <laughs> because there's national media writers out there that continue to say, Brent Venables won't be a good head coach because he's never been a good head coach before. Yet, you were a first-time head coach when you came to OU, and you did just fine. Well, that, that doesn't seem to be logical, does it? I mean, surely they're smarter than that. Uh, I, mean, I don't know, Coach. <laughs> I don't well, know if they are. I wasn't, a he- I wasn't a head coach before here. Lincoln Riley wasn't a head coach right. before, he, before he took over. Barry Switzer wasn't a head coach when he took over. Just our history here tells you that's, that's foolish to say that, but uh, it doesn't matter what they say. Brent, Brent's a damn good coach. Everybody knows it. Uh, his background coming in to take over is – Light years ahead of what mine was, Lincoln's, and about most other people, too. Guy's been in eight national championship games. You can go on and on and on. He's ready for this, and uh, and I can't wait to watch it. I agree. And, you know, there's this, there's this thought, you know, that's making its way through the media, and it's annoying, uh, you know, whether it's Oklahoma is going to struggle going to the SEC or – Brent Venables doesn't have head coaching experience or we're going to really struggle after Lincoln left. There's all this stuff that's making the rounds. And it's annoying, but I know it has nothing to do with what's going on at the facility within those walls. It's just you're moving forward. You're you're going through 
what you go through in a typical offseason. But does stuff like that ever creep in on the recruiting trail? Are coaches having to answer questions about what people are, are saying about their program in the media? No. you, you what, what people don't realize is, I, and I know I, everybody got their, you know, you got a good following who listens to you guys and every other channel, but these recruits and their parents aren't listening to that. Yeah, they they they're they're not listening to that. That that doesn't get circulated. It isn't part of the conversations. Uh, so little of that is ever uh, needs to be dealt with through you know through my years. That nah, that that stuff isn't part of any conversations. And uh, you know, and that's that's people understand. That's what people are supposed to do on TV and the radio. Talk about it. Call you know, make something up or you know, let's discuss this. I mean, everybody, you take this angle, I'll take this angle and run with it. That's what you do, but that's okay. You know, um, it doesn't, it, it really has minimal impact on, on what we're actually doing uh, as head coaches and dealing with recruits and on and on. Well, as you get ready for another season next year of talking about college football and, and knowing that it's really early, uh, what what would you say OU's college football playoff chances are maybe in the month of February? Again, a long way to go, but a lot of people nationally don't think that OU's a real contender. Do you see OU as a real contender to getting back to another semifinal next year? Or as uh, much a contender as about anyone else other than maybe you say, I don't know, I, Georgia seems to have lost a ton of people. Maybe, you know, you know the teams that have been, you know, in it as much, but you know, the, the things that bottom line is we're a number 10 team in the country and we struggled last year, right? That's what everybody mm-hmm. said. So we <laughs> number 10 team in the country, 11 and two, and we struggled. So I really believe with the experience of uh, Brent along with Jeff Levy on offense and the, the staff he's put together, the attitude and, and, the, and the work ethic of our team, that, that already feels they've got something to prove. And and the experience of Dylan Gabriel. You'd say all you want. That guy's thrown for a 6,000 or what was it, 8,000 yards? Yeah. And 70 touchdowns. Are you kidding me? That's, that's not a freshman coming in going to learn how to play. This guy knows how to play, and I don't care what level you're playing at. It's all relative. He's going he's gonna to have a better line in front of him, a better running game to deal with with him better receivers on and on and and uh with his experience coming back i i think we'll be up there with with anybody i totally agree and you know we're starting to creep up on spring balls going to be here before we know it and i was just wondering about like because coach venables is coming from uh clemson the acc uh levy's coming from the sec and i and i know that a lot there's tons of carryover obviously but whenever you you go to a new program do you take your old scheme whatever you're doing defensively offensively and implement that exactly or do you make tweaks to like who your opponents are going to be or maybe even what your roster is or do you just come in and do your thing install what you do and then maybe as you go on you make changes to it yeah, I, I think you come in and you install what you're comfortable with, what's been successful for you, what wins for you in the past, and where you've had the most success. 
and then you adjust as you go through spring ball into it age to to you know to being sure that it's it fits what the people you're counting on on the field uh, you know that they're picking up it up properly that they're comfortable with it all of that you know so you're going to always tweak a little bit to your rather than to who you're playing I think more to who your personnel is and to make sure you're you're playing to their strengths more than anything that's that's what you want to do I remember early on, you know, uh, we had Quentin Griffin, and he was great in the shotgun. And then Q was graduating, and we had Adrian Peterson. And you needed to line him up about 10 yards in back of the quarterback and let him come downhill. They were two different backs, and we played to their strengths differently by how we lined up. Yeah. I, I I thought it was uh I thought it was great to see that transition. It was it was funny within like four years you saw Oklahoma go full on Mike Leach with that air raid, and then it wasn't a couple of years later we're lining up in the I formation and pounding people. It's pretty cool. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Mike Leach, he's on cameo right now <laughs> and he's throwing uh, shade at Texas. I, I don't know, Bob. I don't know if you need to get him in check out there or not. I'd say probably not. We enjoy Mike Leach being off cuff. Ah, how can you not? I love talking to Mike. So he's the best, and um, um, he's doing great. So, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'll have to pull him up and watch him. Head <laughs> uh, Coach Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. This happened, I believe, on Friday. I don't know if you saw it or not. If you didn't, I have a 30-second audio clip. Did you hear Ed Ogeron talking about the recruitment of Adrian Peterson while he was at USC and the story that he told about it? No, I didn't. Uh, I uh, someone had put something in front of me to read part of the segment, uh, but uh, but I'm aware of the story, uh, you know, and uh, and I know our story. Uh, we, Coach Gundy and I, had a great sat around a picnic table and a great day outside in the sunshine, and AD, his mom and little brother were all there, and his dad, and we had a great visit. So I'm. I'm sorry nobody else was able to get there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad nobody else was able to get there. Um, and, yeah, and it was the you know so here, and it was after our last you know season game and we had the Big Twelve championship game coming up, but it was a Sunday and you know that's our big prep day for for practice that week with the championship coming up. But Cal and I said, well, we don't we don't care. I mean, we'll 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 sacrifice a day of prep we're going to see ad's dad and we've got this all lined up we're going and uh we just had to suck it up the rest of the week to to make up for the time lost in the film room it's pretty funny that yeah he's just amazing one of the highest rated recruits of all time and I can remember, uh, see, I would have been, it would have been this, like the off season bef- after my freshman year, I think, is whenever uh, Tommy Harris had signed or, or had committed. And just whenever you get a recruit of that magnitude, what's that like as a coaching staff? Because uh, that was, Tommy may have been the first, I think, like just five star, you know, top three or four type of recruit that you guys had landed at that point at Oklahoma. What's that do for you guys? Well, you know, you, you love working with guys like that because as you know, not only are they talented, they've got that work ethic, that attitude and that drive that that's how you, that's those yeah. elite guys. They, they not only have talent, they, they've got the, the work ethic to go with it. 
And, uh, you know, you know you got something special when you hear all your older players coming in the building talking about them. You know, <laughs> I've got juniors and seniors talking about this new new guy, Tommy, that, that hadn't been here a week. And they're like, Coach, wait do you see him? Because in those days when they came in the summer, oddly, we weren't allowed to work them out in the summer. You know, so uh, I remember so we had a- I watched his first day he was there. I don't think he'd been on campus one day, two days. I saw their first one-on-ones out there. You know, you'd go out, do seven-on-seven, O-line, D-line, do some one-on-ones on their own. This guy looked like an all-pro pass rusher out of high school. I, w- I was shocked at what I saw. No, he, well, he was. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Tommy was that talented, and, uh, you know, you team him up with tough guy D- Dusty next to him. Uh, those were two great ones for us at that time. Did he have a sack, his first collegiate snap against North Carolina, Tommy? Did he? I, well, he wasn't a sack. I believe he hit the running back in the backfield for about a three or four yard. Oh yeah, block. yeah. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> Some guys it just doesn't take very long. He's one of them. Wow. Pretty cool stuff, Coach. We appreciate you stopping by. We know you're busy. Always awesome on Tuesdays. Whenever you hang out with us for a little bit. All right, guys. Good to be with you. All, All right. the best. All right, Boomer Coach. Boomer Sooner. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on. Stay with us.